Welcome, fellow detectives, to Case Closed Mic Open, the podcast that delves deep into the darkest corners of human behavior and unravels the mysteries that keep us all on the edge of our seats. I'm Rihanna. I'm Simi. And I'm Lydia, your host for the hour, and together we're about to embark on a journey through the chilling and enigmatic world of true crime. Each episode will take you on a gripping ride through real-life cases, exploring the motives, investigations, and the untold stories behind some of the most notorious crimes in history. Dun, dun, dun. So let's get into it. A little bit about us first. All three of us are second-year law students at the University Blo- of Blo- 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 You know, catch us on campus, Liberty Building, Slay. I'm never actually in the Liberty Building. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, Eddie V, Laidlaw. Laidlaw. Yeah. Boring. That's the best library on campus. Yeah, Liberty. Mm -hmm. 24 hours. Anyways. Um, so Lydia, tell us about yourself. Yeah, my name is Lydia. Oh my gosh, hi Lydia. I'm 19 and I'm a Wow, you're such a baby. Gosh. She's 18. Okay, like I knew that was coming. <laughs> like we're we're like what children. four months apart. Don't I push could, it. I could literally birth you. Anyways. Okay. All right. Though I'm the shortest, but anyways, yeah, I'm an international student to the Leeds from Canada. Wow. You guys ask what city? I tell you, mind your business. Nah. What city? What city? What city? You know, I gotta rip my set. We gotta rip the six out here. Shout out to the Drake. Six. We're from the six. Okay. We love Drake here, though. But yeah, then let's move on to... On to you. To me. Oh, Miss hey, guys. Simi. My name is Simi Sayo Olawori. Check oh, me out. Them, the you full know, the government, government. You know, yeah, find me online. There. Follow me on LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Gotta plug that. Um, so, yeah, I grew up in Nigeria for like 16 years of my life. I moved to the UK about four years ago and started education here in a levels and now i'm at university hoping to you know continue my life in the uk hopefully not hopefully definitely and yeah um what do i want to be i want to be a lawyer i think we all do we all do yay legal baddies yay quick clap (laughs) oh by the way let me just plug my business you know um, I'm currently a brand ambassador for Linklater, so if anybody wants to learn more about Linklaters, just follow me on Instagram. Thanks. You have to plug your Linklaters Oh Instagram. my gosh, at Linklaters Leads BA. Period. Period. Moving on to Miss Rihanna. Riri, Riri Williams. Oh, Najla. We don't call her okay. Rihanna. Okay. We call Najla. her Najla. Okay. okay, hold up. <laughs> Okay, you guys government name. You guys just want to rip apart my alias, for real. You guys, no I more, no been, more mysterious babe. My whole my life, no, no more, no more mysterious babe. I, I've been hiding behind the alias my whole life. Guys, I think I'm the only one who hasn't said my last name. Or Aimbo. Okay, you guys are not leaving me out here. I don't know why I was put in. Sorry, guys. I take it away, Riri. Um. Anyways, as we all said, we're second year law students, Miss International Babes, repping the six with Lydia over here. Um. I don't know. I'm young and I'm turnt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow vibes. They ask um, you oh, tell us a bit about yourself. I'm young. I'm young and turnt. Turnt. <laughs> what else can I say? I don't care. I have too many accomplishments under my belt at this too age. Too many. She's, to she's not say I'm young and turn. Accomplishments on accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what we black girls do. 
But other than that, outside the podcast, the three of us have been friends since the beginning of first year. Oh, yeah, that was actually really good. Yeah, we should have said that. <laughs> We're not just randos. <laughs> We're not just randos. <laughs> just said, yeah, let's friends. make a podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, and we're just here having fun yeah doing something on the side to our studies yeah Yeah. taking you guys into the world of true crime giving you guys a little peek into our world our every literal day world cases upon cases yeah yeah okay so let's get into it okay so for our first episode we're going to be talking about the phantom secure case take it away simi yeah hello guys i'm going to be giving you an intro so This case concerns a transnational organized crime facilitated through technology run by Vincent Ramos, a cyber genius and the CEO of the Vancouver-based company Phantom Secure Communications. It was a mobile phone company that provided Blackberries, you know, that was a reigning phone company at the time, that were free from decryption. You know, can I just stop you there? Yeah. Can we talk about how does somebody even hack a BlackBerry? Like, have you guys like... seen Blackberries in your life? And considering, like, just the time of this, like... 2000, what was it? 2008. Yeah. yeah. So it's not even, like, the newer smartphone Blackberries. It's those ones with, like, 15,000 buttons and, like, the screen is, like, the size of your thumb. thumb. Like, how are you hacking that? Plugging it into what? Yeah, when you actually do it, I get what you're saying. But, you know, some people, they think crazily. In terms of, they're just some geniuses that just know how to do this type of stuff. No, but it, the, they provided the Blackberries that were free from decryption. So they, they, they like, opened it up, did a little one-two, and then but it's like, you know give how it. educated you have to be to know what to do <laughs> when you open up a Blackberry? Like, if somebody even opened up an iPhone, an iPhone has, like, four things in the back, a battery and, like, whatever else, I still wouldn't know what to do. I would look at them with a blank face. That's why he's a genius. I feel like a lot of criminals are. They are. They, they have are. Been. But they're just using their talent for the wrong things. Fairs. Oh, well. Wrong <laughs> depending on... Context. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you still get money. Anyways, Vincent's motivation for this company stemmed from the innocent desire to make the medium of email communication more private. However, what started innocuously turned into a conduit of choice for criminals. So it was used to facilitate murders and the distribution of wholesale quantities of cocaine, heroin, and methamphetamines. I never know how to pronounce that. <laughs> Through the US, Australia, Mexico, Canada, Thailand, and right here in Europe. Crazy stuff. Crazy, crazy stuff. Of course, Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> so how did the phone work? So the BB, that's what they call it here in the UK anyways, aka You guys black- call it BB black, Blackberry or BB? Yeah, they'll be like BBs. I'm so sorry, but if you were to go to Toronto and you said BB, they're going to think you're talking oh, about BB a gun. fake, like, power, like a, a like fake a power, firearm. Like a, like a yeah, gun. Like a BB gun. With rubber pellets. Yeah. You don't know what a BB gun is? I know what it is, but I've never actually seen it before. I'll be sure. It just looks like a real gun, I think. It, and then some of them does have like shoot, an orange tip. Real it's like fake rubber pellets yeah usually. but oh, it's like rubber oh, balls yeah like the one that's but they're pretty powerful and, like the yeah but they're pretty powerful some of them can be and they sell that to kids no, to sometimes a lot of the time <laughs> canada country. has a problem right now <laughs> anywhere outside anyways every country has their problem anyways Okay, so the BB, a.k.a. BlackBerry, used dedicated software designed to make an ordinary wiretap impossible. 
The devices were stripped of microphones, cameras, and GPS chips that disclosed user locations. They were also susceptible to a remote wiping service, where if a user got caught by the police, its memory would be wiped upon notification. That's sick. Yeah. That's like like thinking ahead. That's like, we're covering our tracks. So thus, no phone calls could be made on the phone. Only encrypted emails could be sent. You know, when I was actually reading the story... They were saying that the, you know, your name on the email. Mm-hmm. So they were saying that they, they would put their email names like crackprovider.com. <laughs> like they had the most debate names. And I'm just like, if you're trying to be discreet about something, why yeah. would you But I think the point names? of these phones is that you don't even actually have to be discreet. Uh, I think that's I the point of so it. Yeah. Like, I mean, still. They're free to though. do whatever. And once they're caught, it's all gone. Like Nothing can be held against that's them. That's true. Yeah, true. Like, but, I mean, like, I'm just thinking if, like, no, nobody arrest me now. But, like, <laughs> if I was think, putting myself in this person's shoes, I'm not, I'm going to make it, like, something like Cat Dog Rainbow 123. Like, exactly. Something that no one would ever trace. But yeah. Like, BigMoneyDog.com or some crazy thing that like, involves drugs. What if it's not even something where they got caught and then, like, they blew up the phone? What if, like, you're walking through and the Blackberry just slipped out? Because the Blackberry is, like, four centimeters long. What if it just slipped out of your pocket and you get to your destination and you're, like... Oh my god. But then again, I feel like you could just tell the man and he'll destroy all the evidence on it. But like and between then all that time, you time you realized that. it was gone. Do you know how much somebody could have done with that phone? Mm. I would like to But assume, if you're paying yeah. two to three thousand goddamn dollars for that phone and True. someone can easily pick it up and I'm, look at all I'm your emails. Sure they'd have like a mm. pin that you'd have 100%. to put. Yeah, it's yeah, probably yeah. Okay, encrypted okay. on top of the encryption. Two to three K for Blackberry is buck, but okay. <laughs> Like so people don't oh, even pay that much for iPhone. Do you know a two six to three month subscription? Is? By the way, it was two to three thousand dollars for a six month subscription on these phones. Still, two to that's, three a lot. that's a lot. Mm, Especially that's a lot. Especially in two thousand and eight, money two to three k is like what, Let's like a good four five k now. Four five k. Like that's got to be a lot. Damn. But I mean, to be fair, they're criminals. They must have bank because <laughs> it says like high end criminals. So like, these are cartels. Yeah, they have the money stacked up. Mm-hmm. So as mentioned. These phones cost between $2,000 to $3,000 for a six-month subscription, making it a status symbol. Is this status or status? Status. Status. Whichever one. Amongst VIP crowds. So Ramos will often describe the devices as the Louis Vuitton of the phone world. You know, mm-hmm. really selling it. So 20,000 people use the phone before... 20,000? Yeah. 20,000. That's that's the the <laughs> war on drugs. That's why it's so deep, because. But you know what though? Like, let's really think about this. Because twenty thousand people, like, even if like his whole operation got blown up or whatever, like those people. <laughs> I mean, okay. I did not even mean it like that, but okay. But like, there's okay. Two thousand and eight was like what twelve, thirteen years ago. Fifteen. We'll just guess. People born in two thousand eight are fifteen. Guys, we yeah. have more. As law students, it's, it's 2023. Quick maths. 2023. They're 15 this year. Oh my gosh, they're 15. They're 15. Wow. That's what did I tell you? Quick maths. A plus. Rahana, well done. But like, I think okay. You graduate out of law because. <laughs> Remember, I took grade 12 calculus. Let's. Quick maths. Anyways. So... But yeah, if it was like 20K people and that was like. 15 years ago like they're probably still popping off just with the iphone this time yeah but 
Also, these are like twenty thousand people, um, like sprinkled, sprinkled across the world. Yeah. Not even from like one cartel, one organization. It's yeah. from across the world. They're probably still popping off to this day. Probably. 100%. Cause if it's just that it's smart harder enough, to trace exactly because with iPhone, the type of software that they use, I'd imagine that. Because when you really deep, hack. how like low these operations go is insane. Twenty thousand that that's just an estimate. That's that's really just an estimate off the True. bat. Okay, so by the time the company had its downfall, it raised a revenue of eighty million dollars over the ten-year period. Over a 10-year p- period. But it had to come to an end. The operation was soon exposed when Owen Hansen, a former USC football player turned successful international drug trafficker, was caught moving hundreds of kilos of cocaine, sometimes within a month, from Mexico to wait, Canada. Wait, 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 to wait, this wait, man right in his head wait, a wait. couple of times because how do you turn a f- football player to drug dealer and get caught? Hundreds of kilos of cocaine within... A month. Yeah. The man was making bank. Bank. No wonder he got he caught. He was greedy. Like, no, oh, actually, no wonder USC he got football caught. player and you want to have drug money too. Like, you're just big and greedy. <laughs> Wait, guys, what's USC? Is that a school? I think uh, it's like University a... of Southern California, I'm pretty sure. Uh-huh. Or, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, upon his arrest, they searched him and found he owned six Blackberries. And, of course, to them, they were like why would he be having this many phones and they did some research into the phones and found out that they were actually phantom phones from vincent ramos wait but how come they didn't just like not blow up but like clear the phones when they found out that he had six on him oh i forgot to mention so owen hansen was a bit dumb when he was (laughs) recruiting his members who helped him transport the goods because he was a big dog and then he had like small yeah, people yeah. doing it um and basically one of them was an undercover police hey <laughs> mess up <laughs> big mess up so he got the phone and then he basically gave it to the police on hand damn it'd be your own your own people your, your own, own people, people. <laughs> like but was he really his person oh no Okay, so this started a domino effect towards the downfall of Ramos's multi-million dollar business as all that was left for authorities to prove was the link. You know what, though? Like, even though they're like, oh, this is the end of his multi-million dollar thing, like, just let's, like, really think about all the information we already have. Like, they're much smarter than we are sitting in this studio right now and (laughs) probably the police as well. So dumb thinking that it's over, like, was it really, though... Like, but, I don't um, think so. Even if he got caught, like... They're gonna find another way. There's always another way. These people are replaceable. And you know what? I feel like another, like... I don't want to say smart thing, but, like, not stupid thing that they thought about was the fact that they had it in, like, different countries, too. Because when it comes to, like, international law, like, actually enforcing it internationally, that's where it gets difficult. Like, I feel like if all of the 20,000 people were in one country, it would have been, like, like, much easier to, like, wrap it up. Mm-hmm. But I feel like because they're in like they're in Thailand, they're in the U.S., they're in Canada, they're in Europe. Like they're not gonna arrest all those people. They can't. They can't even find all. Like those they can't people, even find even like, if they wanted to. So again, that twenty thousand, I'm thinking it's more upwards of like thirty, forty. For real. Even when I was reading the story, apparently, um, when they wanted to bring down the company, it was operating in mainly in Australia, Canada, and the U.S. 
but in Canada, the US, no, in Canada and Australia, they couldn't find what he was doing was not considered a crime. So because it was actually international, it actually did help the authorities to pin him down because what he was doing was was illegal in In the US. In certain countries. Yeah. Huh. So kind of dumb at the same time, I guess. What are you saying? Anyways, moving on. Unfortunately for Ramos, the process was sped up because of his inability to improve the hardware of the business. After 10 years of success, the use of Blackberries was obviously on a decline with the rise of Android, Apple, and the other devices on the market. And Ramos was not swift enough to capitalize on these market changes. Thus, the phone operated at a higher cost in comparison to competitors with Androids. So this is another thing in terms of, in my opinion, anyways, that these guys are smart enough to create the product. But are they smart enough to keep the business running? My thing is, I want to know who still has one of those to this day. <laughs> like, if you really take it in, somebody in the world, at least a few couple hundred, still have those black. Oh, for sure. It's pretty not in use. But then again, I, me personally, again, no one get, but why would I use an iPhone, something that's more easily traceable in this world, day and time, than a Blackberry, which is like almost untraceable at this point? You know, that and also the fact that I feel like when like phones used... first started to become popular, like things like Blackberries, they were meant to be durable. They were meant to last a very, very mm-hmm. long time. But like iPhones, you buy one, the next year it starts glitching out because <laughs> they dropped the iPhone 14. Like, I swear they even had a lawsuit against them for something that for Apple, doing that. for like slowing down the older phones. But Blackberries, like the old ones, they didn't do that. Like yeah. they were meant to last two, 10 years. Like phones from before that and that time, like... A Nokia, somebody... I've seen people's grandmas with Nokias to this day. <laughs> Nokias that they had since 1990-whatever before I was on this earth. Yeah. Like, But, like, yeah, like, you use it as a burner phone. I wouldn't use iPhone as a burner phone. Those yeah. things are so traceable. Even Samsung and... Uh, depends on the Android. It's the compatibility of the software with the hardware. That's true. So that's also another thing that they have to take into account. And also maybe, like, um, the... Whether it's user-friendly... Mm. most people don't can imagine one of those you, big cartel bosses and their yeah. big thumbs trying to press up on a blackberry you actually deep it if you saw someone walking around with a blackberry now you'd be like what the heck That's <laughs> I know I'd be so quick to point that out yeah you'd be like why do you have that you'd be like, yeah. <laughs> like okay so moving on so because he failed to capitalize on this and obviously his competitors were, you know, gaining more of the market, this made him very desperate to remain relevant, causing him to deal with anyone that would give him a chance. And you know, when you get desperate, that's when you start making the mistakes. Mm. So yeah, unfortunately, he dealt with the worst out of the bunch, an undercover agent posing as a criminal. So very dun, dun, much dun. like, for real, <laughs> very much like Owen Hansen made the same mistake. That's your fault at that point. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Shout out to my undercover cops. You know, doing it. Maybe getting the work done. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but you know, it's actually like imagine if you were an undercover cop and they. That's scary. You, you have to assume a whole new identity. Remember everything about that identity that you, you slip assume. up once. <laughs> Bop, bop. That's it. It's actually bop, bop. actually done. That's so scary. Mm-mm. That's why, like, would you guys... Big ups to them, for real. Yeah. 
but would you guys ever consider becoming like an FBI agent if you had a chance? No. Actually, I, I used to. I used to want to be an FBI agent so bad. That was literally my dream <laughs> as a kid. Because I used to love watching those all those FBI shows. Yeah, and I'd be like, damn, they were like, kind of bad. I just yes, never. Like, you know? like, my sister used to really watch, um, what's that show called? Criminal Minds. I like, love me some Criminal Minds. I used to get scared. <laughs> I would see a dead body on the fire. I would be like, no, like, it's actually so okay. Yeah. Like, I think being a lawyer is the better side of law enforcement you know the police officers they're putting in that work for real shout out to the police officers they're putting in that work but personally me i have fear in my chest <laughs> and i will not be, be par- i will not be partaking you have to be brave to be a police officer why do you think i'm staying away from criminal law even like, like i don't even like criminal i like law. criminal law i, didn't, mm, I, I really like criminal like law. i liked it but at the same time no thank you funny enough as much as people said it was quite interesting i found it so boring really we didn't I get back on track yeah. because like... we've sidetracked too much where even did we leave off um okay <laughs> so guys you may be wondering how do we get here but we had a little sidetrack but back to the story um so yeah because he was desperate and he wanted to remain relevant he was dealing with random people and unfortunately dealt with an undercover agent the interactions between both parties would serve as evidence that ramos was willing to help organize criminals which was all that was needed for conviction the reason why i i mentioned this point actually is because you can create like the software for to commit the crime but you're still very distant from mm-hmm. the crime because you're not actively committing it. Like, you could say, oh, I'm just creating encrypted blackberries to help whoever. Mm-hmm. But you don't really know who clients are. I feel like I that's feel- where the law motive. gets a gray area because even if somebody has an ulterior motive, there's no way to tell. I mean, but I feel like in the States, a but- big thing in criminal law is motive. It's always motive. But it's like somebody could always lie about their motive. And people do that every day, of oh, course, always. which is why people be But then since they got the evidence of his motive, they didn't even, he doesn't even have to say at that point. They have evidence of his motive. He was, was willing to help. Yeah. He was, that, that was, was the whole thing. That was how they found the link. Because mm-hmm. they were like, you know, on him. But because they couldn't tie him to the crimes that were being committed, he obviously couldn't be arrested. Mm-hmm. So they once probably they already learned, knew about yeah, him from a long exactly. time ago. Mm-hmm. He can lie through mm-hmm. his teeth. It's just when the evidence is against you, the evidence is against you. Is it against... Is it against... Anyways, he was <laughs> sentenced under a racketeering conspiracy. Rico. Rico. <laughs> <laughs> Which has Why a maximum... so harmonious? <laughs> <laughs> you know oh. that night, guys. <laughs> Anyways, um, which has a maximum penalty of 20 years. But he was given nine. Oh, so he's already out. You know what? I think deep it. Yeah, he's already out now. Criminals on the loose, guys. He would have got out like five years ago. That's a guesstimate. Of course, I didn't count again. You guys already know I didn't count that. I'm not even going to (laughs) go. Me and math. We don't go together. Like, I think six. that has to do with the thing about, like, the motive six thing. Six years, guys. Because he didn't... Well, technically, he didn't he, directly did he, commit did he, the crime. Did he, he get just... convicted in 2008? He got conv- if he got convicted in 2008, yeah, that was... 2018. Mm-hmm. Nine years. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's something that you viewers will have to search up Wait, on your own that, time. 2018 is yes. 10 years. From 2008. Eight, eight yeah. plus Guys, nine. this is oh. shameful. That's yeah, bad. it is. <laughs> no, he would have got 
gotten out in Guys, 2017 and you're law students you <laughs> don't do math on a day there's a reason why i'm not in computer science or neuro so like please Okay, guys. the man got out in 2017. Basically. But I will help you guys draft an essay. We're good yeah. at that. <laughs> <laughs> I can um, help you guys lie through your teeth. That's what we can do. Yeah. Maybe. We can help you draft your legal papers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ladies. Um, so, now that we finished the story, we would love to hear what you guys think. And just, you know, follow us on Instagram at cc underscore Mike open where you could just send in DMs of questions or thoughts you have on or the Or cases story. you want us to discuss. Yeah. A little trivia to get to know us. What is one case you guys think every law student should know? I swear to you, ingrained in my brain is Henthorne v. Frazier. That postal, postal rule. Contract. Contract law had me on my hands and knees. Contract law stressed me out. Do you know something about contract law? It seems so easy but once you start doing that problem question, it's yeah, like it's you, like you once think, you think you understand it, no, you, you don't. You really <laughs> don't. Come um, on, come on. Um, yeah, I think mine would definitely be Miller one and two, just because I love constitutional law. I think it's so interesting, even though it's a bit like history. I know Lydia disagrees. <laughs> She's yeah. looking at me. The way like, Lydia <laughs> constitutional like, was no. not my favorite for me. It's R. V. Caldwell and R. V. Cunningham, yeah, recklessness, criminal law. I think that was, to be honest, I think criminal law might have been my favorite course last year. Anyways, guys, that has been our first episode of Case Closed. Mic open. Make sure to join us next time where me, Lydia, will be doing a story on murder mystery. Lydia, yeah. (laughs) There are two other people on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Also, Simi and Rihanna are here. Bye, guys. (laughs) Okay. (laughs)